I'm Kimberly C. Paul. As I travel throughout each state, I realize that death is just a moment. It is how we live until that moment that matters. Finding connection with friends, family, and complete strangers. Journey with me. This is the Live Well, Die Well Tour. I really appreciate you taking the time out and uh, joining us on the Death by Design podcast. You're one of my sponsors for the Live Well, Die Well tour, and I can't thank you enough for being a part of this experience. But I wanted to start off this podcast with a little bit about how did this career path choose you? Um, So I was trained as a creative. I went to art school. I was an art director and a creative director for a good part of my um, career and what and and specifically within the entertainment fashion businesses or silos um, and when you're at the edge of what is emerging uh, you learn how to see around corners and um, identify trends that are coming so all throughout my career essentially um, I, I worked with um, Individuals and organizations, companies for profits, nonprofits that essentially um, wanted to persuade or uh, jump on board the next wave. What was the next cultural change? And so, uh, coming, being a boomer and coming into the age appropriate societal change, it made perfect sense. Uh, for me to address this. Wow. So how did uh, Bevel kind of evolve? Bevival, well, Bevival was an interesting um, idea. So I had been thinking about uh, end of life and aging for uh, a good decade um, prior to any activity that certainly is going on now. Um, And for the most part, no one really wants to talk about aging, and certainly they don't want to talk about end of life. Um, again, given my background, it seemed imperative that we change the dialogue, that we started to consider what end of life looked like, um, how to envision our future self and claim a story that includes the end. So what led us here um, gave us a very vibe, culturally vibrant life. And now we really needed to capture um, our, our ending conversation. Well, the name is unique. Tell me a little bit about what that name means. So, so Bevival is what I thought was a made up word. I'd been involved in so many, so many um, engagements in which one would create a name for a product. Right. And so I knew going into this end of life conversation using the word death was going to be uh, a non-starter. Right? Nobody wants to talk about death. Uh, how many times have you heard? Certainly I've heard, ah, I don't want to talk about this. Uh, I'm not comfortable with this. So I knew we couldn't put death or even end of life into the name if, we're, if there was going to be any traction. So I was looking essentially for what it was. Why don't people want to talk about end of life? And it comes down to we exist. We are, we are beings. And when we are no longer being, 
we actually spend an awful lot of time thinking about, well, what's going to be our legacy, which is how do we continue to live when our corporal entity doesn't exist anymore. So that's like revival, right? Oh yeah. Okay. So it was a mashup of two words, you know, psychologically being and revival and, and Hey, there was a dot com available. There were all the right things available. I could get a trademark on it. Um, and then I was in a meeting early on. I was in a meeting with someone who comes out of the marketing space. And uh, he said to me, um, did you ever check the name in a foreign language, what it might mean? And it kind of gave me a heart attack at that moment. <laughs> um, and I did. And what I and what happened was in all of that research, I discovered that the word bevival actually existed in our lexicon up until about the turn of the century. And bevival meant revival, but it was a word that was really used exclusively in liturgy and spiritual, um, you know, books as well as as a legal term. So when they expired it to the word revival, uh, you know, I, I realized I was safe. <laughs> That's great, and I love the two words coming together. That sort of puts a lot of meaning behind what you're doing. So talk to me a little bit about what you're trying to accomplish. Really, it's, it's to be a connector between what people want, um, the people and the practitioners, the EOL navigators that are actually there doing the work, the the unrecognized, and the business world or the commercial world. Um, evidence and studies have shown time and time again that when people actually have to um, pay for something, you know, even if it's a, a quarter, a dollar, they value it more than when they receive free services, which is really um, an encumbrance in, on, on nonprofits. So I wanted to create a social enterprise in which it, it, it was a balance between offering up the general public a pathway for and a pathway towards end of life, how to navigate this, you know, last um, turn of events to normalize death, and do it in a way that um, was gift wrapped. Because as a culture, really, um, what motivates us, why we move towards the light is we appreciate things that are aesthetically pre pleasing or they're engaging or they, they ignite the endorphins and the dopamine in us. So the Bible is really a gift wrapping of this end of life conversation in, in a way that other people, um, they're doing it differently and they're doing it just as appropriately. Uh, I happen to be going down this path because, um, of my creative background. You know, artists who always practice change throughout their lives. It's the creative process. And so we invent um, by passing through voids of the unknown. And, and so what I want customers or clients or colleagues, cohorts, whatever, we, I want our population to really discover this inherent um, permission, this permission to... Um, move into the unknown and to surrender to the unknown. And as an outcome of that, what we get is we actually get to write what our story is. Tell me, you know, Bevival is a, a, a website 
with a lot of resources. Talk to me a little bit about what kind of resources are you putting on your website to help people with these, well, I guess with normalizing end-of-life conversations. So we're really in the the first phase of this uh, endeavor. And the first phase is to look out at the universe to curate, to aggregate content about um, this phase of life and this event, this inevitable event, and present it in a way which is thoughtful. And one can consider it. And they don't have to do anything other than consider it and kind of let it settle in. And then they can come back. And then they can come back. And so it's right now, it is strictly a media uh, platform. Um, mostly it contains other people's work. Um, there's just so much talent out there and so much knowledge that we have to glean. And, and this is just a place to go to get a 50,000 foot view of how it could be and what you need to know. It's a place to start one's path towards death literacy. I gotcha. So tell me this, you know, what, what has working with the dying, creating this uh, end of life resource, what has it taught you about people who are facing end of life, um, about life? Um, any kind of, like golden nuggets that you've seen? Well, you hit it right on the head there. It is about life. So once you get deep into this conversation, again, you're not, you had, you have not gotten into that period of time where you've hit the chaos. And once, once you're there and you're actually in the dying process, whether it's yourself or someone you love, your family, friends, you know, then all bets are off because it's strictly tactical and reactionary. So revival is about coming in at an early stage, you know, long before the end. This is about preparing to prepare um, and considering your options. And first and foremost, it is an emo- to create an emotional foundation to become emotionally fit like you're doing, you know, training. It's as if you're going to the gym. This is an emotional um, strengthening for your future self. And so what it's taught me and what it seems to be teaching others, uh, thankfully, is that when you allow this conversation to enter your daily life, um, you uh, actually enjoy life more. Life becomes brighter. Things dial up. You let go of the insignificance. You don't hang on to the minutia. You appreciate what you have, even if it's not ideal. You learn to appreciate. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Now, do do you have a personal story with someone you love or someone close to you that passed away that you'd like to share? You know, actually, of course, everyone has um, loses people, right? Uh, and for me, uh, you know, I grew up in, in a family or, you know, an extended family where death was at arm's length and hidden. Certainly as a child, up until through my adulthood, your parents would disappear in the morning or, you know, sometime, and then they would come back and you kind of didn't understand what was going on. And then eventually they said, oh, grandma died or, you know, this neighbor died. Um, But it was at arm's length. And that um, not knowing that not being uh, exposed to those kinds of natural life cycle events 
um, creates fear. Uh, and, and I think that's truly how we have our biases against something which is so inevitable. Um, so yeah, so the first uh, funeral that I attended was happened to be my mother when I was in my uh, early 20s. That's kind of weird, you know, that you, you don't know what to do. Um, so, but, but did it put me on this path? I can't say that it did. What put me on this path is really a desire um, to help the culture move towards an, a, a place of engagement which is inevitable and shouldn't be so mysterious or frightening. This is about self-care. You know, this is, this is part of the pursuit of meaning and purpose. So it is, you know, in a way it is personal, I suppose. Totally. And now you are one of my sponsors on the Live Well, Die Well tour. We're entering into our 13th state and, uh, you know, we're driving to 49 states. Congratulations you, on that. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Um, so tell me, why did this tour, what about this tour interested you that you wanted to be involved in it? What you've been up to, and, and you're actually one of the early adopters, so I applaud you for that. Um, you know, uh, thanks, we've Karen. taken on the obligation of changing how we die. And we're doing it through conversation, right? I'm not at the bedside. You're not at the bedside anymore. Um, and and yeah. the, the, the conversation is getting much louder. And only together can we own the responsibility of death and make it broadcast it really as a societal issue. That's our obligation as members of a society. And we have some skills, right? So we're going to do this. Um, and so working collectively to raise awareness is something everyone should step up to do. And, and what you're doing is, is particularly unique because, you, you, you know, you're doing this barnstorming campaign. Um, <laughs> right. Um, and, and it is educational and it is entertaining. Um, and you're going right down to the, you know, you're, you're in the weeds right now talking person to person, which, and you're not in a medical environment, which is also terribly important because once you're in a healthcare system and you're dealing with this end of life conversation, it's very hard to listen to possibility. You're only trying to survive. So, um, that's why essentially I'm supporting you. Yeah, absolutely. And it's uh, really great to have people like you who are willing to add that little sparkle of creativity because I totally agree with you. You know, if we can dress up, you know, something that is taboo, could people be more engaged with it? So tell me, how, how does your creative background put some, a little bit of pixie ducks in, in this whole taboo <laughs> conversation? Because I really think just like Steve Apple, I mean, Steve Jobs with Apple, I mean, he wanted the design to be beautiful for people right. to engage. And I feel like that's what you're sort of doing too. Um, you know, you're creating something, making it feel more comfortable. So how does your creative background play a role in this? Well, first of all, I want to thank you. It's very humbling to be compared to Steve Jobs. <laughs> well, I do. I do. <laughs> um, so, you, yes. So because of my creative background, I'm a visualist, right? And so because of that, I know I've learned how to make things pretty. And, and this kind of gift wrap really is essential 
around this conversation. Um, how I want people to enter the conversation and say, oh, that's not what I expected. And once you once they come to the door and there are a hundred doors to enter this conversation. So it doesn't really matter. There's no one right way. But come to the door, open the door, and then enter because it is safe. You do have permission to come here without your um, unconscious biases being validated. It it needs this is about having a Disney, you know, a Disney death, a Disney ending. This is about putting in, you know, the, the Tinkerbell dust around right. this. Because whatever you do, you you go through life and you you add that kind of um, pixie dust to your life whenever you can. There is nothing stopping us from doing that at the end of life except ourselves, except our own um, uninformed uh, ignorance, really. It is, it is a historical behavior that is no longer appropriate at this time. I totally agree with you. So how do people find you and, and get involved with Bavival? So right now, being at the, the early stages, um, we're online. So it's bevival.com. We're also on social, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Um, so it's about building audience. Oh, the, I, I must mention that we've also created um, the Long Before the End book group, which started online and is now starting to propagate in town. So anyone who wants to start a, a local book group, long before the end book group, essentially what the premise here is that we're reading um, contemporary fiction um, and looking at and dissecting, really talking about it um, in the way that death is always present in literature. It's either the protagonist, one of the actors, the B story, whatever. Every time you turn on television, you watch a movie. There's so death is always seems to always be part of the plot line. Yeah, that's so true. Right? So now yeah. let's let's look at that, and rather than just look at it from oh that's there, let's look at it as what it, what it means to us really. And so the long before the end book group has you know we pick we select books. Um, we have a long list of books right now. What we're covering is death and humor, um, which is a very fertile area for discussion. That's true. Um, you know, our, our our most recent book that we did a podcast on and and are having meetings on is Laurie Kilmartin's um, memoir called "Dead People Suck." Okay, <laughs> that's you awesome. Know, it's totally inappropriate, but it as a comedian that was her way of really um, moving through this event with her dad and then subsequently processing, you know, the grief and the loss. And she's doing it through humor. Emily Flake also is a New York cartoonist. She's going to be joining us at our next uh, meetup at the end of the month here in New York. So, I mean, all right. So you asked me the question, like, how do people participate? Sure. Get engaged, get engaged, um, start bringing it into your town, into your family, um, into your home, into your office, create the conversation, refer people, sign up. Um, you know, in August, we have, we have a national death literacy event called D2KD USA, which is Dying to Know Day. Um, it was started by the Groundswell Project, which is an Australian nonprofit. They actually um, have done immensely marvelous work around engaging people. Um, 
and and creating awareness, uh, uh, you know, in Oz as they call it. Right. Um, and so, in working with um, the founders of Groundswell, we brought over the term debt literacy here to the U.S. We started using it because debt literacy is is pretty aspirational um, as a, as a term. So it's warm and it's inviting. And we have this event, this national grassroots event in August, in which people, we offer a toolkit. You go to d2kdusa.com. You can download a toolkit. You can see how to do something really small but potent, you know, within your footprint. That's great. And, you know, I'm finding that Australia is really taking a major leap forward in this whole death literacy and, and engaging their community to talk about uh, death and dying. And so I'm, I'm really glad that we're uh, sort of, you know, ado- adopting some of their theories and, and making it, you know, United States and, and U.S. friendly. Um, but so let me ask you this, you know, with everything, it, it does cost money. You know, how how can people support you, whether uh, via social media likes or it, are you looking for sponsorships or are you looking for any sort of support? Um, is it about people signing up for your a newsletter or coming to your end of life group in New, or book club in New York? Or how do they start one in their own town? So how do people engage with you to bring awareness to this wonderful website? Uh, and, and how do they support you? That's a gracious question. So first, right now, it is about building audience and awareness. Um, towards the end of this year, um, I'm, we're looking at rolling out a couple of ideas, um, which in fact will, um, you know, it may require some fundraising or sponsorship or membership. Um, we're working on that right now as to how that's going to be economically viable. Um, but for the moment, it's really about the numbers. It's, it's sign up, become a fan, talk about us, follow us, spread the word, um, you know, get to know what we're doing and and propagate it, you know? Now, do you have a monthly newsletter that you send out at this time or is that something that you're discussing with your creative team? Well, we're supposed to have a monthly newsletter. It's pretty erratic. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You know? That's funny. Um, so tell me, where can you talk a little bit about some of the future things that you hope to see under Bevavel and and how how you guys are going to continue to engage with people um, with death literacy. So I'm working with a number of uh, nonprofit healthcare organizations, uh, well nonprofits, comma healthcare organizations. Um, I'm working with a researcher at a very large healthcare uh, organization in New York City um, to develop um, some tools, you know, um, that will help people at time of need and that will also um, bring awareness. Uh, so I'm being very vague right now because I, I really I really can't open up the the, the box of, of, of no, what's going got, on. Exactly. But that's exciting. That's really exciting. Yeah. So t- tell tell us uh, what is the website uh, URL? How do we get to you? So Bevival is B E vival.com so it's bevival.com right revival with a b um on facebook you know go to bevival on twitter go to bevival on instagram go to bevival.inspires 
Um, and then there's, if once you're on Facebook, you could sign up for the Long Before the End book group. Um, you could look under Death Literacy, or, you know, the book group, and you'll find us. And this is, you know, hopefully this is going to be a big year in which we start to ro- introduce just a couple of really engaging ways to get into this conversation. Um, and it's done in a way that um, it's not really out there yet. This is, we're com- we are coming from the creative end. Um, and it's not like other organizations aren't doing a fabulous job, you know, in- engaging and using creativity to start the conversation. We just have our own signature and, yeah. and, and it'll grow. Yeah, well, you know, I think this arena that we're in, the more people who come in and, and contribute, uh, the better. Uh, because, you know, some some things reach people and others don't. And I think what you're doing is fabulous. I, th- I mean, of course, I'm really happy to have you guys along on the tour and, and spread the word about your resources. And I can't wait to hear about some of these other creative things in development so I can get it out to my audience. And I, I really applaud you. Um, you know, I love creative people who are entering this field because, you know, it's not all, it's not medical, you know, death is a human event. And Mm -hmm. I believe sometimes creativity is a way to break it down in small pieces. So it's not so scary. And you're doing that. That's right. Into, into digestible moments of actually enjoy, because if we don't enjoy, if we're not enjoying our lives, we're certainly not going to enjoy the, the, the end run um, and, and it really shouldn't be dreadful. You know, there, there are things that we cannot avoid, but there's unnecessary suffering that happens. And, and that is a result of, a, of our fear and our unwillingness to know because we're so scared and, and, and we cannot continue to, um, bring that behavior forward, you know, because the cascade effect generationally it's like it's old. It's over. Let's let's do something different. Let's reinvent um, our relationship with mortality. It's so important. I love it, Karen. Uh, thank you so much. And and listeners, if you really want to check out this wonderful resource, bevival.com, Follow them on social media. And Karen, keep doing good work. And and thanks again for all of your support as I travel uh, the United States. It's really nice to have people like you. Uh, along the tour with me. So I I so appreciate your support. And uh, I really want everyone who's listening to check this out, uh, get involved and, and, and see how, what Bavival is doing online right now. And and we can't wait to see where you take it Uh, with your creative background. It could be to the moon and back and which I love. So thanks for what you're doing. Thank you for your time also and for what you're doing. It's marvelous. Well, I, I, I surround myself with good people like you. <laughs> and, and then I just drive the RV and have conversations. So it takes people like you and your organization and many others to come around and support someone like me. And that's what I keep telling people in the community is like, look at these, this you know, RV and the logos on this RV. They believe in free community education. They believe that we need to engage in a different type of language around death and dying. And it can be funny. It doesn't have to be all sad and taboo-ish. Um, so yeah, touche to you. And I can't wait to hear what's going on. And of course, you know, if there's anything that I can promote 
for you via my networks. You know I'm there and supporting you along the way. And So thanks again, Karen, for joining us on the Death by Design podcast. And we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Kimberly. Travel safely. Thanks. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us today. And remember, you're the designer.